0: Would you go, please, to Romans the fourteenth chapter this evening? If you hadn't been here the previous two nights, where you been? <laughs> Man, we got we got shouting happy last night. You you, you don't want to miss out on these things. So uh, watch about your priorities. If the Lord deals with you to do something, boy, you want to make sure you are you want to be under the spout where the glory's coming out. And where is that? That's exactly where he's directing you to be at the time. We've been talking about the joy of faith. Say it out loud, the joy Joy. of faith. You'll find these two are inseparable. Where you find one, you'll find the other. Where you find faith in God, you will find the joy of the Lord. Where you find the joy of the Lord, you will find faith in God. They're connected. In Romans 14 and 17 it says for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy (laughs) in the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. He's saying, the Spirit of God was having to give them some correction and some instruction. They're at odds with one another over what you can eat and what you can't eat and where it comes from and if it's okay and if it's not okay. And and, and instead of getting embroiled in that, he made some comments, but he said, that's not the kingdom of God. We live in a natural world and we got a natural body and our minds connected to natural things and to most people the natural is more real to them than the spiritual. And so people gravitate to what they're more aware of and what's more real to them and that is the seen and felt. But that's not the kingdom of God. All of this is passing away. He said the kingdom of God It's not eating and drinking. It's not natural things. It is Righteousness, peace. peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now that's what you talk about. You talk about those things. You emphasize those things. Camp out on those things. In the 15th chapter, if you'd look over Romans 15 and verse 13, it says, now the God of hope Uh, This is also something that you will find inseparable from faith. Where you find faith, you will find Bible hope. And where you find Bible hope, you will find faith in God. But hope is not what many people call it in our modern vernacular. When you, you ask somebody, you think something might happen, they say, Man, I sure hope so. It is not talking about this. What they're saying in lieu of hope, excuse me, using hope, they're saying that in lieu of uh, desire. When they say, I sure hope so, what they're saying is, I sure want it to be, I sure desire it to be. Well, desire is a different thing from Bible hope. Bible hope, if you look up the the word, uh, one, I believe it's Vines and Strongs also talks about this, confident, confident, expectation, and particularly expectation of good. When you are confidently expecting something good, remember what Brother Oral Roberts used to say? Something good is going to happen to you today. And when he said it under the anointing, you'd go, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, I'm getting ready. Which is exactly how it should be they said some other ministers during that time found fault with that. And they thought, well, how does he know something good is going to happen? Well, God is good. And he always wants to do something, right? And what he does is good. He always wants to do something good. So it's absolutely the truth but it only manifests for those that believe it, not those that doubt it and question it and mock it. But the God of hope, the God of confident expectation of good. I know uh, I won't go too many days. I'll ask Phyllis, I'll say, uh, what are we excited about? (laughs) What do I mean by that? If we're not expecting something, we're not in faith. We're just idling and not applying ourselves. What are we excited about? <laughs> Y'all are quiet. Look at your neighbor and say, What are you excited about? What, what are we excited about? Now, if you have to think too long, well, you, you gotta get you gotta get on it. You gotta if you really are in faith about something, you have become fully persuaded that it's God's will and that you've prayed your prayer, you've sown your seed, whatever the case may be, and if you are fully persuaded of that, you believe God's already heard your prayer, granted your request, then you are in full expectation. You're looking for it. Is that right? (laughs) And that's hope. That's Bible hope. You are confidently expecting. Hallelujah! then uh, God has every, uh, every access to you and your life to cause that to come to pass. The God of confident expectation fill you with what? Joy. So if I am confidently expecting, does that depress me? No. no. It gives me joy. Amen. If I am, if I believe it's settled... And I believe I've received it, and I'm confidently expecting it. Does it depress me? Am I agitated about it? I know some years ago, I had been uh, calling myself believing for something for a while. And uh, actually, something came up, and I was thinking, man, I could use that. And I've been, you know, been standing and believing for it for all this time, and I was in the car by myself, and and um, I got, I was getting on the interstate, and and, and uh, I don't like to waste time when I'm getting on the interstate, and and I kicked her down and moved out. You know that's why you need some power in your car so you can get out of people's way, and it's a safety issue. <laughs> so I was really getting clear of everybody, and. Um, <laughs> And yet, you know how something can be going over in the back of your mind. I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I'm aggravated about that. I'm, I'm a little agitated. Now let me just stop right here. Am I in joy? No. Am I in peace? No. Am I in faith? No. And so I've been making good confessions. <laughs> and as, as I, as I got back in the lane, and, and I'm thinking about it. The Spirit of God spoke up I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but he said, Keith, frustration isn't faith. Frustration isn't faith. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm frustrated, so what? <laughs> let me put it together, right? <laughs> See, us faith people, we don't like to admit that we're not actually in faith us faith preachers (laughs) sometimes are way too slow to admit, I haven't been in faith about this. and That has been a source of confusion Uh, of people have prayed things, and they've said things, and they didn't happen, and people got mad at God. Now, that's dumb. Can God fail? No. Has he ever lied? No. Is he unfaithful? No. no. Never. Never. And why would that be your first place to check that God did something wrong? Why is that the first place you check? That God came up short? There's a one-stop place to check. You. You. Right, And in order to, to progress and, and, and to make progress with God, there are numerous times you just need to stop and go, forgive me, Lord, I have not been in faith about that. I know I said the right thing and I quoted the verse, but I, w- I wasn't settled. I'm still upset. I'm still scared. I, got, I had no peace about it. Certainly hadn't had any joy about it. I've been complaining. I've been aggravated. Then you have not been in faith. Because when you get in faith, it gives you confident expectation. And the God of hope will what? Fill you. Oh, come on, are you looking at it? He'll fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound. That's a big word. That's like overflow. Abundance of what? Hope or abundance. You started out confidently expecting, and now you're expecting even more. You're even more excited about it. you even more stirred up about it. That's why I ask Phyllis on a regular basis, what are we excited about? What do we expect? There needs to be something that we've heard from God. We've got some vision. We're believing for. Right? We're reaching for, and we're not just playing games. We are expecting. Well, somebody say, I'm expecting. I'm, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. The Lord gave us a word the first night of this meeting that numerous people that had to make a choice. About coming and had some issues back home, that the Lord was going to work on those issues while you were here. Yes. Did you believe that word? Yes. Then do you become fully persuaded? Yes. If you do, what's the result? You are expecting yes. God to work, That's God. that He is working, He has been working, and He is working on your stuff, he's working in your church, he's working on your people, he's working on your staff, he's working on your family, he's working on your finances, and that makes you happy. That makes you glad. It gives you peace. You breathe a sigh of relief and go, Ha, ah, everything's going to be okay. Glory to God. And what are we excited about? God's doing. God said he would do some things while we were here. I'm expecting. Somebody say, I'm expecting. I'm, I'm expecting. So when you get the call, when you get the text, when you get the report, you will be glad, but you won't be shocked. I said, you'll be glad, but you won't be shocked because you were expecting it's always amazing how God does it and you're always glad but you're not shocked. You're not surprised totally if you're in faith. The God of hope fills you with all joy and peace in believing. If you're in believing it's manifested in your joy and peace that you may abound in hope, it, it just it, your, your expectation gets stronger yeah. through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is this is not just you working something up. Yeah. As you keep your focus on Him and you keep stirring yourself up about what He said, that's why I reminded you of what He said Monday night. Yeah. You, you must not forget what He said about these things, and you keep reminding, Well, He said it. He said it. He said it. I'm expecting. Somebody say, thank you, thank, you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now last night, we, uh, we saw that God told his first covenant people that he delivered out of Egyptian bondage, that he required of them to meet at least three times a year at the festivals, the feasts. And we saw that as soon as he told them when it was going to be and what it was going to be, he said, you'll come, you'll bring your stuff, and then he said, and you shall rejoice. And the thing that stood out to me is, we saw it over and over again, over and over again, also every time you bring your tithes and offerings, also basically every time you came to the house of God, you shall rejoice you shall rejoice, you shall rejoice, you shall rejoice, you shall rejoice. And sometimes it said, you shall surely rejoice. And what, we, what stood out to me this week is that it wasn't optional. Yes. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't something that you could also do if the mood was right. And I say that because most of the church has seen it that way. And so you've got Christians that that go days and days and days and weeks and weeks and months and not rejoice. And there's all kind of excuses for it. But the Lord required rejoicing. Is there anything in the New Testament that would be like that? Let's put it on the screen, make sure everybody's... No, knows about it. <laughs> Did the scripture say anything about rejoicing? In the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, put it on the screen. First Thessalonians 5.16 said, try <laughs> to rejoice. <laughs> the reason I say that is because there are a number of modern translations that are inserting the word try and do your best into passages of text, and it is a great disservice to the word of God. Those words are not there. The Lord never told you to try anything. Never. And just putting that word in there is a word of unbelief. It implies you might not be able to do it, or even worse, God might not know where you could do it or not. Watch out for these modern translations because numerous of them are doing this and have done this. Do your best. Try. Make every effort. Look up those words in the Greek. They are not there. They're not there. And... It's obvious that whoever's doing that doesn't understand faith. You cannot put that word in there. It's either the will of God or it's not. And if it is, and he told you to do it, you can do it. If you choose to. That's why we've been saying, you know, believing is a choice. Resting is a choice. Rejoicing is a choice. Come on, say it out loud. Rejoicing is a choice. You don't wait until you feel like it. You don't wait until the mood is right, until it hits you, till it strikes you. Thank God for the Spirit of God moving on you. I'll take all of that I can get. But I don't have to have it to rejoice. I can just do what the Lord told me. If he said, Keith, sir, rejoice, Okay, here we go. <laughs> rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Am I reading the New Testament? Yes. What did it say? Rejoice evermore. The understood subject is you. You rejoice evermore. Period. Yeah, but no buts. Yeah, but what if evermore? Yeah, but when evermore? Do what? Rejoice. Say that like rejoice. Rejoice. Evermore. Evermore. Does that sound like a charge? A commandment. A requirement. Should we take it seriously? We're familiar with Philippians 4 4. Philippians 4 4. Rejoice in the Lord. What? Rejoice in the Lord. Always? Let's examine always. (laughs) Monday morning when the weather's bad. (laughs) And you're driving to work and there are some nutty folks on the highway. Is that always? Is that always? (laughs) When your kids do something stupid. (laughs) And you feel like letting them have it. Is that always? Is it? Is that part of always <laughs> when people talk about you put stuff on Facebook <laughs> about you that's not even true? And then share it with thirty thousand other folks. <laughs> then what? Always huh? is, is that part of all? Is that part of always? always. Rejoice in the Lord. All way and again, in case you didn't get it first time, again, I'm telling you, do what? Rejoice. Examine the language. No try, no see if, if, circumstantial. No. Rejoice. Rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. 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 Rejoicing is absolutely one of the strongest acts. Of faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. And faith has a shout. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That gives you a, a shout. He always. Causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. That gives you a shout. That gives you a a shout. Gives you something to rejoice about. But you've got to make the choice to rejoice. Go with me to the book of uh, Matthew. Thank you, Lord. I think we already got a big thing, though. How many know these verses are going to read the same all year long? (laughs) Are they? (laughs) What are they going to say next month? Rejoice evermore. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, how will they read in August? It's a charge. In fact, put up on the screen before we do that, Nehemiah, 810, a lot of you are familiar with this, but uh, notice something the way this is worded. They had heard the word read properly for some of the first time in, in some of their lives and they saw how far short of it they had fallen and come and man, they got kind of depressed over it about how, how short of the righteousness of God they were. And the Spirit of God spoke through the ministers, and I won't read all of it, but in the end of it, it says, don't be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes we quote that last phrase, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, but that other phrase goes with it. Don't be sorry. Let me read that to you from another translation, the uh, The NIV says, don't grieve. Uh, The World English says, don't be sad. The the New Living says, don't be dejected and sad. The Amplified, put the Amplified up there, please. Amplified. And be not grieved and depressed. Now let's just stop right here, stop right here. Most church going people don't believe that. That's right, that's true. They don't. That's right. What do you mean? If you dared to tell someone mm-hmm. stop being depressed. That's right. You better duck.
1: That's
0: right. That's right. Why? Because they believe a lie. Yes. They believe they don't have a choice. And will be quick to tell you if you were going through what they were going through. You'd be depressed too. Not if you obey the Bible. One of the greatest revelations you'll ever get. Is that you have a choice. It's one of the biggest you'll ever get. Heaven and hell. Is a choice. It's a choice. No man, no woman will be able to stand before the Lord past this life and say, I had no choice. It won't fly. It will not be true. That's why Romans says, yea, let God be true and every man a liar that you, God, may be justified when you are judged. What does that mean? People judge him down here and say it's not fair, but it's a lie. They have a choice. People will even say it then, but it will be corrected. It will be demonstrated that God is perfectly righteous and perfectly fair and merciful and everybody had a choice. Now if you listen to the devil, he will do everything he can to convince you that you are a helpless victim to be pitied. And no one should dare try to tell you, stop being sad, because they just don't understand. (laughs) But what you don't understand is you're yielding. Maybe you didn't understand it, but you made a choice to yield to grief and sorrow and depression And the more you yield to it, oh, the worse it gets. And it will choke the life out of you. The sorrow of the world works death. And people will say, yeah, but you know, what happened to me? Honey, child, things have happened to everybody. Things are happening all over the earth that are terrible and lousy. And any one of us can focus on one or more of those things and stop our forward progress. Yeah, that's good. We can look back over our shoulder. About what didn't happen. And what could have been. And should have been. And regret. And depression. And you will be destroyed. That's right. That's right. And there's not enough drugs and pills to fix it. And there's not enough counseling to fix it. That's right. Until and unless. Unless. You believe the truth as a Christian. Now, this is where the unbeliever is a terrible disadvantage. Because what I'm saying now is not true for the unbeliever. But for the believer, there's somebody inside you that's bigger, more powerful, wiser, stronger than any enemy out here to influence you and Jesus has 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 already delivered you out of all the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son and whom the son has set free he is whether you're acting like it or not he is free in deep but you've got to make a choice. See, there, there are people that hear what I just waved my hands and shouted. There are people that hear that, church going people, and they'll still sit there and go, Yeah, but you just don't know. You just, no, no, you don't believe it. You just made a choice not to believe what I quoted from the Bible. You said your experience and your feelings and your trauma is more true and more real than what Jesus did for you on the cross. It's more real to you. No. Somebody say no. No. Tell me what the truth will do for you. Tell me what the truth Ooh, the truth is. You're no longer under the power of darkness. The truth is the devil does not have control over you unless you submit to it voluntarily. The truth is you have already been set free. And when you start calling those things that feel not and be not in the natural as though they were, let the weak say, I'm strong. Man, when you when you reach down inside and you say that with some faith, the Holy Spirit says, That's what I've been waiting on. (laughs) Your angels say, That's what I've been waiting on. And they get to work. They get to moving and things get to changing. But if you lay down and you cry and you feel sorry for yourself, you can get in a place where no one can help you. It's sad, but there's victory for believers. I want to hear somebody say, I'm a believer. I am a believer. I'm a believer. So when he said in the Amplified, read it, verse 10, be not grieved and depressed this is a big crowd of people. were there people in the crowd that had been mistreated, traumatized? surely in a crowd of thousands there's somebody that's clinically depressed or other things even that literally has chemical imbalances or brain damage or and yet no parenthesis. No parenthesis of exception. Who is to stop being depressed? Who is to stop being sad? Everybody. Everybody. He said, the, the, the people of God said, quit it. Stop you crying. Hush. Dry that nose. Hush. We're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice. We're gonna rejoice. We're gonna rejoice. Because no matter what's going on, you need the strength and help of God to get through it, and depression will not help you get through it. Depression will take you on down further, but the joy of the Lord will make you strong enough to come out and to come over. But don't skip that first part, don't be grieved. Don't be depressed, Maya. Uh, my dad, my father's in heaven, has been for a few years now. And uh, good daddy, I grew up in the South, and uh, my dad taught me and my brother how to uh, how to fire firearms, how to uh, get rubber and second gear in a Mustang. You know important things yes, a boy <laughs> needs <Amen>. to know <laughs> just a good dad, and um he went home early, and um, when he did, it bothered me because I know we can live longer i just was I was unhappy with how quick he went and. Now, he had some miracles. There's a whole other side of that that I could give testimony on. But, and he went so quick, boom, he's gone to heaven. I was, the, the day it happened and the next morning, I was upset. And uh, the, the, I'd been crying. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Keith, yeah. you're being unthankful. I didn't expect that. You know, I was kind of wanting a hug. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bless your heart. And he says, now he, he didn't rebuke me. He's not being stern with me. He just said, Keith, you're being unthankful. I sat up from where I was laying down and I dried my eyes, I said, Lord, I don't want to be unthankful. What what do you mean? And I don't mean I heard a voice, but you know, if you'll pay attention to the one inside you, his communication will come up from your spirit to your mind. And and it was I understood, he was saying to me. He said, You didn't think he was gonna live forever down here, did you? And it's it's something how we so many times have lived. Like we're going to do this forever. Yeah, right. And like nobody's ever going to die. They tell us that in the, in the time of 24 hours on the planet. Over a hundred and fifty five thousand people die. Yeah. In one day. Yeah. Every second. About two people. In the next few minutes that we're talking you know. Hundreds will have Left. And yet, people act like they are so shocked when somebody dies. You do understand. The Lord tarries His coming long enough. None of us are making it out of here alive. Physically. (laughs) If He tarries His coming long enough. And it wouldn't have to be long. Because to him, thousand years is like a day. And so if he just tarried a half a day, that's too long for me and you. <laughs> is that right? That's 500 years. And it really does help. It's helped me to get a better idea of how God sees time. I mean, he's the ancient of days. How old's the universe? I mean, he... He will he'll prophesy something, he'll say something. And sure enough it'll come to pass ten thousand years later. And to him that's not even that's no that's no amount of time. We need to get a better idea of how big this thing is and and how big he is and how brief (laughs) our life is. It's a vapor. Now you see it, now you don't. But the Lord said, you're not being thankful. I thought, Lord, I th-. he said, you knew he was going sometime, right? Well, maybe he went a little early, but I assure you, when you get to heaven, you won't be picking about somebody when if a if, if thousand years is a day God time and they left five minutes early. Who's going to be talking about that? But he said, son, he said, Keith, many boys on the earth never have a dad. They never, much less a good one. He said, how many hours did you have with your dad? I had no idea. I actually got the calculator out. and started I thought, a lot. He said, you should be thankful. And one of the things I was upset about is, uh, I was Phyllis and I were just getting to the place where we could do a few things for him financially, and there were some things I wanted to do. And, and I thought, well, he's already gone. He said, Keith, your dad's not just in your past; he's in your future. And some of the things that you thought you wanted to do, you won't care about later. But others you will still get to do with Him. Now what what am I talking about? If I believe that, I said if I believe that, what's evidence of believing? Come on, help me out. Joy and peace. Is that right? In believing, if I believe that, I will immediately stop sorrowing like those who have no hope. Can I do it? Can I, can I stop grieving and hurting? And actually the Lord showed me that I mean just in a, in a flash he showed me two paths of thinking and he said he said, Keith, the path that you've been on with this last day or two, thank God I didn't stay on it long. He said, you keep thinking about what could have been and uh, all this and what if and what about, and you wanted to, and you hope, and whatever. He said, you will hurt, you will cry, it'll get worse, and when you get through, nothing will be changed. And you won't be any closer to anything good. He said, down that path of thinking and feeling is nothing but pain. He said, there's another path. It's the truth. Hallelujah. Your dad's with me. You're gonna see him again real soon, and on and on and on. And he said, "This is light and life to be spiritually minded; is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death." Go, can you see that? And what I said all that to say this: it's a choice. It's a choice. What you let yourself think on. What you let yourself listen to. What you let yourself talk about. It's a choice. If you're aware and you're spiritual, you'll realize if the enemy starts trying to feed you some junk or other people start talking about the wrong thing, immediately you go, no, mm -mm, I'm not not thinking about that. I'm not talking about that. And if you have to, you get away. You don't let yourself dwell on that. It's darkness. It's pain. And there's some lies mixed up in it that'll hurt you. And, and do no one any good. Somebody say, believing, believing is, a is a choice. Resting, Resting is a choice. Is a choice. Rejoicing, yeah. Rejoicing is a choice. Man, this is liberating. Yeah. You can rejoice yeah. any time yeah. you choose. And you know what time he told you to do it? When is the rejoicing time? You're in it. You're in it right now. When does it end? It doesn't end. It's always. It's evermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. We ought to be known as the rejoicers. (laughs) That'd be a great name for backup singers. Kenny and the the rejoicers, (laughs) Susie and the Susan and the rejoicers, (laughs) but it's Jesus and the rejoicers. Hallelujah! (laughs) Jesus and the rejoicers. (laughs) Oh, somebody say glory to God! God. Glory God. (laughs) Glory to God! Thank you, Jesus. He told them, stop being sad. And miracle, of, this is why this is in the book. They did it. The whole bunch said, okay, all right. He said, now, get you something good to eat, and you get over there, and y'all celebrate, and I want to see some rejoicing, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's what the whole bunch did. And it was victory. I'm pausing for effect. Let it sink in. (laughs) Go with me to John, if you would. The 14th chapter. John chapter 14. Have you seen there's a lot of this in the Bible? Oh, man. The more I look for it, the more I see it. Joy. Rejoice. Be glad. I was I was reminded of something the the word rejoice there's more than one but one of the main ones simply means to uh, to cheer up or literally to brighten up everybody say brighten up brighten up cheer up and you know the Lord will tell you that He'll tell you to cheer up. And there'll be times your flesh won't like it. Your flesh likes to pout, it likes to be babied, it likes to be lazy and just ache emotionally. But it's a trick of the devil. I said it's a trick of the devil. While you're doing that, he's robbing, he's stealing, he's deceiving. You can't afford it. You can't afford to do it for an hour. Much less all day. Can't afford it. Rejoice means to brighten up. To be cheerful. This is why he said cheer up. To be in good spirits is a literal meaning. And a couple of the words that are translated rejoice more than, more than a couple of times, one of them means to spin around. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> and when I read it, I thought of our, do- our little dog. We got two Shizus. Great little dogs. And um, the little girl dog that's her favorite thing to do. When she gets excited, she goes, zoom, 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 zoom spinning around. And I thought, that's rejoicing. That's what it is. <laughs> and you can be gone, you know how dogs are, you can be gone 30 minutes and come back and they're like, oh, oh, he's here, he's here. Zip, 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 zip. zip. <laughs> spin around. Spin. I know other dogs do that too. So spin around, spin around. Well, that blesses you. We enjoy that. When we see that we go, Oh, that's great, you know? Why can't people be like that, you know? (laughs) We can. Little children are that way. And if that ministers to us, why wouldn't it minister to the Lord? I said, why wouldn't it minister to the Lord if we say, it's the Lord, oh, it's the Lord, oh, it's the Lord, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. <laughs> what? What? What'd be wrong with that? It's the Lord, it's the Lord. He's here, he's here. <laughs> yeah, well, he, was, he was already just, here. yeah, nobody's but he's here, he's here. He's here. Because he is that magnificent and more. He is that awesome and astounding and much, much more. He's worthy of a spin. Anytime. <laughs> He's worth. <laughs> As an expression of joy. Not just a physical thing. If there's no joy in it, then what would it mean, you know? But such a genuine excitement and gladness. Hallelujah. Well, somebody say rejoice, rejoice. 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 Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice, rejoice and be glad in Him. Hallelujah, because He's worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Go to Psalms 1, I know I said John, but... uh, We can't do it all tonight. Psalm 1. There's another word that goes with this. You'll see it in these Psalms. Psalm 1, very first Psalm, verse 1. Psalm 1 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. This grieving yourself to death and sorrowing like those that have no hope, that's the counsel of the ungodly. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to watch who you listen to and who you talk to. Because yeah. not everybody goes to these meetings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Go invite them. Invite them. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2. But his delight. That's the word I'm talking about. Now delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Not because somebody required him to. Why is he meditating in what God said night and day, day and night? Why? Why? Because he delights in it. Everybody say delight. He he, he or she delights in it. With the Lord, it's always about the heart. Always. Everything we do externally, every prayer, every offering, every good deed, he's not just looking at that. He's looking at your heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And uh, he said in second Corinthians, other places you'll sit, he said, if there's first a willing mind that also is connected to the heart, it's accepted. According to what a person has, not according to what they don't have. And we see it's the heart of the giver that determines whether the gift is acceptable or not. Not just the physical gift itself. That's what happened with Cain and Abel. It wasn't just about the physical thing they gave. It was about the heart. And with the Lord, unwillingness makes it unacceptable. And if you've gone very far with him, you know this. You're seeing indications of this. If you don't want to do it, he didn't want it from you. He is this way. If you don't want to be there, even if it's key to his plan for your life, he's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. And what is happening is our hearts are being revealed by our desires. He is God so loved the world that all the sins of all the world were put on Jesus and he paid the price for all of it and God is making available to the whole world. Full salvation. Being in the family in partnership with him for eternity. But he, the reason he has done things the way he has Is to allow hearts to be shown. If it wasn't by faith. The heart wouldn't be revealed. God could stick his face in the sky. Tonight. And manifest his power like lightning from one end to the other. And there wouldn't be a soul on the planet. That doubted God's existence. Are his power. So, Mrs., why didn't he do that? Because then they wouldn't be serving because they chose to, because they love him, because they like what he likes, they want what he wants. So the billions. Of people who are born, living, and dying. Generation after generation what's happening is that there will be a harvest from all these billions. And it's a relatively small percentage. That demonstrated while they lived that they were people after his own heart. Come on, can you see this? They, nobody made us. You you do understand. Myself, you, any one of us can get up and walk out of here right now and never serve God another day. Who's going to stop us? Right? You, me, can decide tomorrow I'm never going to church again. I'm not praying anymore. You can do it. You're a fool if you do. But you can do it. But the scripture talks about in the Psalms, in Malachi, that God is hearing the conversations between those that love him. And even keeping record of it. And that we are his treasures. And he'll never forget it. What makes us different? What makes us so? He knows the end from the beginning. He saw before we were born. And he knew we'd have a heart for him. Even though we might have got off on a bad start. Even though we might have got sidetracked a number of times, he knew that ultimately, in the end, our heart for him would win out. And we would choose him, not because we had to, not because anybody made us, but totally free will because we wanted him I'm looking at people like that oh this is something you're going to shout about the rest of your existence because it, it's not fully seen now who and what we are but when we see him we'll be like him and the rejoicing one of the biggest rejoicings is in the hope of glory God's creation has rebelled against him repeatedly. It's ah, it's, it's something that he is displeased with. You can imagine. You create something beautiful. You give people every opportunity, advantage. You never fail them. You never betray them. You never lie to them. And they totally betray you and rebel against you and join your enemy and fight against you. It's, it's happened too many times. It happened with angels. It's happened with human beings. But there's a group. They're called the elect. They're called rare And special treasure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they are God's jewels. God's chosen. God's treasure. The apple of his eye. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And because we have come up. Through crime and curse and COVID. And didn't reject him. Didn't stop trusting him. Didn't stop believing him. I'm convinced past this life there will never be anything that could take us away from him. And it's actually written that nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate me. From the love that he has so amazingly demonstrated and shown. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there are millions of religious people who don't know him and don't love him. And being committed to your religion will not save you. You must be born again. And the scripture said the Lord knows those who love him. Didn't he say he knows who loves him? And knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And when he calls us his little children, that's not just a figure of speech. Compared to him. We are little, little. We've only been around this long. And, and uh, I think there's some similarities between our joy and our dog, I'm talking about. Just, you can't impress him with your knowledge. <laughs> I have the sense sometimes that when we, we come up with our, our brilliant concepts and we go, God, God, look at this and he looks at it. It looks like a crayon <laughs> scroll. <laughs> that's way outside the lines. And and God goes, Oh, that's pretty, baby. That's pretty. Yeah. Just keep keep working on it. Just keep
1: <laughs>
0: knowledge puffs up. We we can't impress him with how brilliant we are and how smart and wise, and all that. Well, you can't. Right. Right. He's so far out beyond anything you've ever crossed your mind, knowledge wise. But, 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 when you genuinely tell him you love him, you genuinely show that you're delighted, and even get excited, and even rejoice and spin around. That touches his heart. I said, that touches his heart. He's pleased with that. And he's so pleased when everything about you is pulling and pushing you to grieve and to give up and to be sad and quit. But in the face of it, you declare your trust for him And by faith rejoice in a victory you don't see or you don't feel. He is pleased. Without faith it's impossible to please him. But with faith he is pleased. Oh it pleases him. It pleases him. You don't see it but he knows what you know and what you don't know and he knows where you're at. And when you're reaching out with all you got and you're trusting him and you're saying Father I I don't know all about this, but I trust you. I would trust you with my last breath. I trust you. I ain't going nowhere. Me and you. Forever. I'll do what you tell me to do, and I'll do it gladly. Hallelujah. If that's you, great is your reward. Hallelujah. His delight, somebody say delight, delight. His his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And in his law he meditates night and day. I saw something I had not seen before. Go to Psalm 37, 23. Something I had wondered about for years because we quote it. And I thought, well, and of course you can see it if you just Look, Psalm 37:23 says what? Yep. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Who delights in what way? Well, you need to look at it. Don't, don't move too quick. First of all, good is not in the verse. You see the parenthesis? Good's not in the verse. The steps of a man are ordered of the Lord. Put up the NIV, or I guess I got today's NIV. I don't know if that's a different one or not. But it says, the Lord makes firm the steps of those who delight in Him. Did you hear that? The Lord makes firm the steps of those who delight in him the English standard version says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way Let me just ask you a question is the Lord ordering and directing everybody's steps on the planet No he is not Mm-mm. This agrees, what we're talking about right now, it agrees with New Testament scripture over in Romans 8, 28. says we know that all things work together for good and you got half the church just stops right there. Yeah. Well, everything's working out for good. And some of the most awful things happen and people look at each other and go, yeah, but you know, everything's working out for the good. We don't understand it, but no, it's not. Everything is not working out for the good. It absolutely is not. Read the whole verse. Romans 8, 28. We know what? All things. All things working together for good. Is that the end of the sentence? Yes, to a very specific group. To them that love God. Does everybody love God? No. So it's wrong to say that everything is working out for the good in everybody's life. It's obvious that it's not. And here we see if you combine that with what the psalmist said, if you delight in God's ways and God's things and you love him, it gives him a right, access to guide and direct your every step, be involved, go before you, come up behind you, be around you. Why? Because you're delighting yourself in him. And we just got through reading in in the offering, you delight yourself in the Lord. What did he say? He'll give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because you're not delighting in what you want. You're delighting in Him. And that is not the case everywhere. You want what He wants. Go with me to, you're there in the book of Psalms? Psalm 119. You ever read Psalm 119? It's a big one, 176 verses. And you know what all of them are about? How much the psalmist loves God and his word. Every one of them. Now, I'm going to read some of them to you. Are you ready? 119.16. 119.16. I will delight. The Hebrew literally means Enjoy. I will enjoy myself in your word. That's you. You could be somewhere else tonight. Oh, you missed a place to say glory to God. I said that's you. You could be somewhere else tonight. Where are you? Where are you? Why? Why? You love God? You love his words? You love his spirit. You love his people, you love his church, nobody's twisting your arm, you delight in him and in his. You enjoy, you enjoy, oh somebody say enjoy, oh friend this is a big missing element. You got too many folks that are just going through the the, the paces, going through the motions, they're ready to leave church by the time they walk through the door. All they want to do is say, "I went." They didn't enjoy going. They don't enjoy praying. They don't enjoy giving. While they're praying, they're looking at their watch, going, "Let me. Say, I got to. I got to put in 30 minutes at least. I got to put in. I got to put in." That's not how people who love each other talk. <laughs> <laughs> people who are really in love. What do they want to do? They want to spend time. They want to spend time with each other. And, and if somebody comes back from seeing somebody they're supposed to be in love, say, so How did it go? Man, I was able to stay a whole hour with them. It wasn't easy, but I put it in. I put it in. I, I mean, I almost left three times, but I. Something's wrong there. Something's wrong. Now, you know, things are, things are going right when you get to praying and you forget what time it is. You get to communing with him, you look up and go, whoa, where'd the time go?" I delight myself in you. Verse 24, your testimonies also are my delight and they're my counselors. Your word talks to me, counsels me, tells me what to do, what not to do. Oh, I I like it. I enjoy, somebody say, I enjoy enjoy. your words. Verse 35, he says, Make me to go in the path of your commandments, for therein do I delight. I delight. Parents, never send your children to room to read scriptures as punishment. Stop it. Stop that. You go to your room and read five chapters. The Word of God is not punishment. And one of the biggest things that's going to influence them is by how much they see you enjoy it.
1: Right? Right? right.
0: You enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, you're just not doing it right. Whether it's church or service or prayer or The Word, any of those things, if we're not enjoying it, it ain't God's fault. We're just not doing it right. Somebody say, I delight. I I delight. I delight. Verse 47. Verse 47. And I will delight myself in your commandments, which I have loved. You know what we're hearing? We're hearing the heart of God. This is inspired by the Spirit. We're also hearing a man after God's own heart. What do you mean? David was called this. Why was he called a man after God's own heart? Because he loves what God loves, he wants what God wants. He wants God's will. He wants God's plan. We talked about the woman that built the the room on the house. Nobody made her do that. That came up in her. Cuz she wanted she delighted to do it. Well, David, after he's established king, rich, powerful in the palace, he's looking out his window one day, he says, "Oh no, 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 no." Call the prophet in here. He said, what? He said, I cannot be in this palace and the ark is out there in a tent. He said, we got to, we got to do something here. And uh, so uh, the prophet just said, do what's in your heart. But he didn't ask God. By the time he got out in the courtyard, the Lord said, no, turn around and go back. <laughs> Tell him it was good that he had it in his heart but I'm going to let his son build it. And so he came and told him that. And David, instead of getting all down about it, he said, I can get ready. And I can get ready like nobody ever has got ready. He delighted. And if you read the great offering where they gave the billions, billions, it keeps talking about how they rejoiced and how they delighted in this giant offering. Hallelujah. This is what a man or woman after God's own heart looks like, sounds like. They are not religious. And they are not depressed. They are joyous. They're rejoicing in the goodness of God. And they're rejoicing in all that he's ever said and done. And they're rejoicing in the hope of glory because we're just about to get into the big part of this thing. You can't just mimic that. It's either your heart or it's not. That is a choice. But if you've made the wrong choice, you can try to act religious, but even if you try to paste on a smile, you can tell there's depression under that smile. That's right. That's right. And you can tell people don't, they don't want to be there doing the things of God. Yeah. Pastors, never beg your people to work in the church. Yeah. If they do it unwillingly, it's unacceptable to the Lord. Yeah. It's, good. it's a privilege It's a privilege to work in the parking lot of the church. It's a privilege to work in children. It's a privilege to work in housekeeping. Why? Because it's the Lord's house. It's the Lord's parking lot. It's the Lord's kids. It's the Lord's seat. It's the Lord's. It's His. It's His. (laughs) I went to a Ministry this has been oh this has been wow man this is almost 40 years ago and it made such an impression on me I, I, when I when I pulled up I was in a vehicle somebody else was driving I got out of the car there were like five people surrounded the car they're all smiling to the church and one guy said can I take your coat can I, can I take your Bible can I touch your bag I said, oh I got it I got it they're like okay okay And they just all followed me. And every time I looked, they didn't want to smile so big, smile so big. I said, hi. They said, hi. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. And I came inside. I noticed another young man over the side. He kept smiling, looking at me. He didn't bother me. But every time I looked, oh, he just smiled light up. And finally, I I came over and said, how you doing? He said, great, great. He said, have you been to the bathroom? I said, no, not yet. He said, I'm in charge of it. Tell me if it's okay. I think we got it real clean. It's nice. (laughs) It's nice. this is wonderful. Yes. I said, this is wonderful. Yes. This is how it's supposed to be. Can you see? They're delighting yes. Yes. to be in the parking lot. They're delighting yes. to work in the restroom. Why? Because it's the Lord's restroom. Yes. If the streets of gold in glory ever got dusty, I don't think they will. <laughs> but if they did, and the Lord came up and handed you a broom and said, would you sweep that off for me? Don't tell me you're going to say, "Lord, that's not my ministry." I, I have a platform ministry. Yeah. Tell me you would not say that. Tell me, huh? Tell me you would not say that. No, <laughs>
1: no,
0: <laughs> if the Lord wants a, a, a street swept, is it a higher honor and glory? To do anything for him than any natural thing on the world, like the psalmist also said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. Is that right? Yes, sir. Well, is not that an usher? Is that an usher? Or what? I'd rather be an usher. I'd rather be a greeter. Is that the door in the house of the Lord? Then to dwell. I'm going to paraphrase in the high-rise, the tower of wickedness. The penthouse of wickedness. Why? Because all that's going to be gone in just a few days. It's all going to melt with fervent heat. It's gone. But the Lord is not unrighteous to forget anything that you ever did with a glad heart, right heart, delight to do it. That makes your sacrifice acceptable and well pleasing to him. Can you say amen? Amen. Be sure you don't gripe about it. Be sure you don't complain about it. Be sure that you don't because you'll render your sacrifice unacceptable. Don't do that. Be on the watch for anything he would have you do. Somebody say, I delight. I delight. I, I delight. I delight. I delight. Whoo! You know, one of the big verses the master said that, you know, was looking at the cross and on the way to it, I delight to do your will, O God. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. I delight. Somebody say, I delight. I delight. I delight. There'll be times your flesh will say, I'm tired. There'll be times you're on your new mind and say, I don't want to. You say, shut up. Shut up. This is a privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Shut up. Flesh. Everybody's got flesh your sure mouth and here we go time is short this will be over so soon we're going to be out of here so soon keep reading I didn't finish it up I delight somebody say I delight I delight, I delight in your word he said I love oh praise God would it do you good to why is this 119th psalm in here why is it in here why did he want us to read it? And think about it. Because what's in here will get on you. It'll get, it'll get in you. Your love for these things will increase as you feed on it. He said, I, I delight myself in your commandments, which I have loved. Verse 77 Let your tender mercies come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. My delight. Verse 92. 92, unless your law had been my delights, I would have perished in my affliction. You know, another place the psalmist said, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's down here right now. I'd have fainted. I wouldn't have made it. But my delights in you. Verse 143, trouble and anguish have taken hold on me. There are times when things will will hit you unexpectedly and you'll have feelings. So what do you do? You don't lay down and quit. He said, yet your commandments are my delight. I'm going to delight in it in the midst of this stuff. Verse 174, I have longed for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Stand on your feet, everybody.